0: All right, well here we are. Welcome to the show. I decided to wear skin tone tank top, uh, you know, just to make it look like I'm not wearing a shirt at all. But I, when I put it on, I was like, uh, maybe you know, babe, you don't buy this tank top for Mexicans, you know, and, uh, for white guys. You know, I'm, I'm too brown, I'm too brown. Um, well, welcome to the episode. This is the Steve and Captain Eva podcast. How are you? What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. We made it through the
1: weekend.
0: We did. It was a it was a huge weekend for us. But people have no idea. Well, so basically, to, what did we do this weekend?
1: We filmed your for this is your fourth now your fourth comedy special a coronavirus uh, quarantine comedy special. So it was definitely a different experience.
0: Well, I mean, it's you say fourth special, I would not consider this one my, uh, like your typical, I'm gonna film a special, I've been working on this material and it's time to retire that material so we're gonna film the special, we're gonna go after possibly Netflix mm-hmm. or Amazon Prime or Hulu or- This go around is totally different. The very different totally thing. Different. Um, We decided because, you know, when I got back on stage after quarantine, you know, we were doing shows at at 50% capacity and and I always have the dilemma of, am I going to talk about... Oh, first of all, I don't talk about politics on stage. Yeah. Uh, I don't. And we've talked about this on the podcast. I, I really try to make the hour that I am on stage... A time to just laugh. Yeah. You know, and I think that. An
1: escape from the. the from every everything. Trauma.
0: Yeah. From everything, right? Whatever's happening in our country, and right now it's. It could not be any worse. You know, every, every channel you turn on, everything you watch, everything is, is political. And I always try to make my hour of stand up not that. Everyday life. Yeah, people are going out for
1: a night out. They want to enjoy. They want to have a nice dinner. They want to drink. They want to laugh.
0: Right. So when I was, after being on quarantine, going back on stage, my big dilemma was, do I even want to talk about coronavirus? Do I want to talk about my life in quarantine? We talked about
1: it at first, especially because everyone was so in the trenches of it. It's like, do we want to talk about Well, I want to remind
0: them, right? Yeah. But then I found myself getting on stage talking about, this is what I learned during quarantine. This uh-huh. is what happened to me. The people really seem to enjoy it and when you realize that, well, everybody's going through it and and, you know, they always say that the formula for comedy is pain equals time equals funny. Yeah. Right? So, you know, we were all going through it and we all need to laugh at it.
1: Well, it's definitely you know, gonna be a time stamp in history. Like there's no denying that there are going to be long-term effects of this and we're going to be talking about it from years to come. So if we can find a way to deal with it and laugh at it and find the humor in it, I think that's going to be critical, especially now that we've been dealing with it for so long moving forward. Like,
0: well, look, we want to find the humor in it. Every generation has to have their thing to bitch about, right? You know what I mean? Like, so this is my son's. Right? My son's going to be like, oh, you little shit, you're having a birthday party. People used to have to drive by and honk at us. You don't know what it's like to have a birthday party. We had to wear masks. We couldn't go to a movie theater. Right, right. Oh, you better enjoy this movie, buddy. I went without him. You know, so he, Garrett's going to be like that. Like, I always say, like, you know, my dad being a Vietnam vet, there was never any way... Anything I did, I'm like, Dad, I'm cold. And he's like, oh, you want to know, cold? Let me tell you about cold. Dang, all right, dude, I'm not, I guess I'm not cold. Yeah. Hey, Dad, I'm hungry. You don't look hungry. I've seen people who look hungry, who are really hungry. I'm like, okay, buddy. So that's going to be, you know, our kid's deal. So it is definitely a stamp in history. And then I started doing this material on stage that was, um, about my 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 life in quarantine, and before you knew it, it was ten minutes, and then twenty minutes, and then thirty minutes. Now the bummer of it all uh-huh. is, I was getting ready early this year to film my next real yeah, special. Yeah, we
1: were gearing up for the next one
0: because I had already you know worked on all the material. I had toured with it. I had, and a lot of a lot of people don't understand that I'll tour was material for a year to a year and a half, so that I can get it perfect.
1: To really craft the set.
0: Right, and then we start completely, I film it, and then we start over. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now I have to tour another year, year and a half, writing material, coming yep. up with material, trying to find a way to um, talk about our life and what's happening so that yeah. we can film again. Well, the bummer of it all is I had already, was ready to film early this year, a special. Yeah. Because I had already been touring with that material and then we had this huge pause in life.
1: Our lives have changed so much. Everyone's lives have changed so much. It just seems a little like socially unconscious to go and do something else.
0: So then when I went back on stage, all of a sudden that material that I had been working on kind of took a back seat, right? And it was like, oh man. I'm talking about all this stuff during quarantine. I have to find a way to, you know, put that together. And our friends here at at Texas Crew and and uh, studios at Fisher, we started going. Okay, two things. Nobody's filming real specials.
1: Well, because production is at yeah. a halt. I mean, so I mean there are things that are still in production, but the rules and the guidelines and it's just become a lot trickier right. to actually well, do a whole production and then and I mean, the networks buying things and
0: Chappelle did his and everybody tuned in and it he wasn't doing stand up. And I'm not mad at Chappelle. Chappelle is is beyond famous. Chappelle is um, almost infamous in the point that he's a, a he's a character in our culture. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So when he wants to get on stage and yell at us about something, uh, fine, right? That's not what I do, and I'm not famous at all, and I'm far from infamous, right? I'm far. I'm glad from, you
1: said it, so I didn't have
0: to. <laughs> I'm far from a character in our society. Um, so you know, we decided, like, hey, let's let's film something, and we will put together an hour, but yeah. then. You know, we really go, okay, well, you know, these podcasts that we do, like for, for those of you that don't know, today is Monday. We usually record these things and film them on Monday or Tuesday. Uh-huh. And then they come out a week later. And the reason is because, you know, I'm busy touring on the weekends and we need to come in and do this. So we not Someone's got
1: to edit it and put it out there and make sure it's ready to right. release on time. There's and whoever that
0: is that edits it's a real asshole. <laughs> but uh, sorry, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so there's really not an opportunity for us to do it in front of a crowd, number one, and then to bring in special guests. Yeah. Right. So and and a lot of times <laughs> because we live our life the way we do, our special guests aren't celebrities. Yeah. Right. They're not people that have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays off. They yeah. work. So we decided. Okay, let's film. One hour of my stand-up.
1: Which I don't think you realized how tricky it was going to be or how intense it was going to be putting that set together when your road gigs are so scattered and things are getting canceled and new dates are popping up, uh, you know, and not having the time Same to time. practice it like you normally would. Your regular process on a regular special. This go-round was totally different.
0: No, it was. I, I really had to work hard on... I mean, I had a bunch of bits that were scattered and things that I would talk about on stage. Yeah. But I really wasn't practicing day in, day out, day in, day day out, you know. And before, I'm doing, and lately, because before the coronavirus, lately, I was doing, I would add a show. I would add two shows. So, all of a sudden, I'm doing two shows on Thursday, two shows on Friday, two shows on Saturday, two shows on Sunday. So, it's easy for me mentally to go, all right, that first show, I should have said this, I didn't say that. Uh huh. I I I don't even know why I did that. I'm gonna get rid of it. So then I can go up on stage and practice and practice and practice and practice.
1: And before coronavirus, I was traveling with you a lot more. I wasn't pregnant. I was traveling with you more. We weren't worried about all the germs. So I had seen the set so much. So that was like trippy for me. This go around too was I didn't get to see the set much. You didn't get to practice the set much. I really did not get to see the set much before you did it.
0: So we brought in Brian. Yeah. uh, Brian Hart, who has helped me in the past. And usually, Brian would come in, look at the stuff I have, and then it was, it was much easier for Brian, because he would just go, ah, you know, you need to put this over here, and I don't know why you're telling that story first, tell this story last, you know, yeah. uh, for Till Death, Brian was, I would open with the pregnancy story, and the Brad Garrett story.
1: Oh, for Garrett.
0: For, yeah, yeah, to talk about, to intro that, hey, we now have a kid.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then Brian goes, no, 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 that's at the end. So he comes and he kind of you know switches things around. So I would already give him a piece of work and go, okay, here's the piece of work. What do we do? And then right. this time, well, and by the way, Brian's in Oxnard watching eight shows. Brian's in Ontario, California, watching yeah. eight shows. I would fly Brian out to Vegas where he would watch show after show right. after show after show. We'd almost have
1: a transcript of your set right. by the time it was done, you know?
0: You know, and this time, Brian didn't get to see any of my shows, and here we were, like, all right, I know I have this material. How are we going to tell the story?
1: Yeah. Right, so... And before, I'd be like, oh, you know what? That joke really makes me cringe. Do we have to do that one? And now you <laughs> and have no idea. Day,
0: this time around, there was no... <laughs> no idea what I was going <laughs> to yeah. do. That. So like brian came into town um and then i go all right brian well you know you can go to san angelo with me we did san angelo and then we get there and it's like non-conducive to stand up which by the way i always
1: what was the venue in san angelo i forget what was it like it was was a restaurant
0: no it was an outdoor like honky tonk oh oh yeah yeah that's right wonderful place wonderful owners you know beautiful place they were very accommodating so uh, and I love doing San Angelo. However, I walk on stage, the stage is really high, and they put this like huge barrier between me and the crowd. So now all of a sudden, what people don't understand is like, when I'm not in the, in the right conditions for standup, it makes it really hard to connect.
1: Well, comedy clubs are designed a certain way for very specific reasons.
0: Right, so I can connect. So we go to San Angelo, I get some work done, but not as much as I would like. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, my next gig is Miami, my first drive-in theater show, which is not
1: at all like a comedy club experience. They're
0: like Steve when they when they like what you do, they'll honk. (laughs) I'm like, what?
1: Flash their lights? Yeah, they would flash their (laughs) lights
0: and honk. Oh
1: my
0: god! I mean, look, I, I enjoy, but but I wasn't able to do a bunch of new material because.
1: You can't I, anticipate laughs. You right. can't like judge your timing or- So I
0: had to do the bits that I know, I know that I know them well. Yeah. But, but I did love that like, I could see the people in the cars in the front row and like the wife would reach over to flash the lights for him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I like that one. <laughs> I like, it, like, But, and then they honk, you know, she'd reach over and honk for him. But um, again, not conducive to-
1: Prepping for filming yes yeah getting a set ready to film
0: how is it dealing with a steve torino uh before shooting
1: well like i said usually i'm on the road with you so i feel much more in the know i'm not really surprised by what you're going to see on set because i've seen it a ton um so usually i'm much more a critic (laughs) this go around there was no time for that um you were working with brian constantly but you also like just your process because you don't write anything down. It's not like, hey, Brian, let's sit and flush out this set. Poor Brian is like, hey, Brian, hop in the truck with me. Let's go put corn and deer feeders and talk about the set while we're on a ranch. You well, know? no, I,
0: I, I, write, I write in my head. So if I'm stuck in my head too much, then I can't write anymore. I go crazy. Yeah. So I have to have, I gotta go to the ranch. And, and distract myself. Yeah. I gotta cut the yard. I gotta, I gotta do things, to get me to get loose again and to get my mind. Because I'll sit there and I, you know, I don't sleep at night, and I'm doing, the set in my head, yeah. over and over and over and over again. I start going crazy. So yeah. I need, I need things to do to break me away. Oh I know. From...
1: we, we gone to IKEA and bought the drawers, and oh, they were sitting in the God. garage, and I
0: was like, okay, I'm sitting in the garage. <laughs> So yeah, how long, For how long? No,
1: no, no, no. Just for a few days. No, this is my point. Is that, Rick, those damn IKEA drawers should have stayed in the garage a whole nother week. But Garrett was like... I mean, Garrett, Steve was like going crazy, getting ready for the special. And like, you needed something else to do. you're like, I have to put these IKEA drawers together today. And I was like, really? Like, you're filming a special in five days. Screw the IKEA drawers. Like, focus on the set.
0: How hilarious is this right now? <laughs> this is so funny because hey, how about don't buy the Ikea, (laughs) right? How about say, hey, I know Steve's filming a special and he's gonna be stressed out, how about we don't buy them at all? Because she knows that I have anxiety when it comes to things not being finished in my home. I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that can walk by boxes that need to be taken care of and no, not I take think, care of I
1: think you just had so much anxious, nervous energy about getting this set ready that then it became so why like not obsessive not about these <laughs> I
0: must put the IKEA drawers
1: so, together. So if
0: you know that, how about, hey, I don't need to buy IKEA drawers
1: it was too late we'd already bought them the week before i wasn't i wasn't thinking that far ahead i wasn't thinking two weeks in advance
0: how about don't buy the ikea drawers
1: we have a new rule in our house you guys no ikea furniture
0: unless they want to be a sponsor
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, i i fully wholeheartedly agree it might be one of the best decisions we've made in our dude look i told
0: i had but no my biggest fight with the ikea drawers i kept saying do please, babe. Do not buy IKEA. Do not. And and it's it's not. And and I, I don't. I don't want to shit on IKEA because they have a lot of great. Things. Well,
1: no, you told me they solve have a lot the of problem. Things. Solve the problem inexpensively, and I was like, you know what? I can buy IKEA drawers. I can even put them together myself. And what
0: happened to just the Allen wrench? <laughs> What I open the book and it's like, you're going to need a hammer, a level, a laser. And I'm like,
1: what happened?
0: What happened at just the Allen range? And then I'm putting this, this thing together. And dude, I'm done putting it together, which by the way, took me two and a half hours. And I go like this to it. And it just like shakes. And I'm like, I go, Renee, come here. I go, I go, this is why, look. So then in order for it to all come together, you have to nail the particle board on the back. That's the glue. <laughs> that that's that's where we're at, IKEA. But I don't want to shit on them because they do have a lot of great stuff. Our, yeah. our outdoor furniture is IKEA, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's yeah. very well made. But this piece anyway, of shit. I
1: mean, what what should have <laughs> it just snowballed into this like anger fest on the IKEA drawers? Like that's it. No more. Tim will put together, Road Manager Tim will put together the other one. No, no, it
0: cracks me up that Renee says anger fest. Like, what what angry is to her? Like, and I'm like, she's like, you're angry right now. And I'm like, I am not angry. I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated. You don't know angry. You definitely wanted to chunk that Ikea
1: dresser drawer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I grew up with Joe Trevino. (laughs) I know angry. You don't know angry.
1: That's Valid point.
0: Like, Renee will be like, oh my God, you're so angry. And I'm like, why? Because I raised my voice a little bit? Like, so... Anyway, so we killed
1: a whole day of special prep (laughs) because we had IKEA drawers in the house.
0: Well, and and then, you know, it's tough because, again, I always try to get back to my family as soon as possible. So, literally, my show is in Miami on Saturday... I have to be at the airport. My flight leaves at 5.30 a.m. out of San Antonio. So I wake up at 4, 3, 45. Yeah. And I have to leave my house at 4. I get to the airport. I fly to Miami. I get to Miami. I rent a car, or Uber, check into the hotel. I'm trying to take a nap. This one's got issues at home that don't need to be handled. She's calling me. Then I do the show. I get to the show and it turned out to be a great show. However, the, the, um, the camera guy wasn't ready. Uh, the stage was too low. So now we're trying to figure out how to accomplish these goals. I do the show. I'm flying out the next morning at 7.23 AM. So I'm not even gone 24 hours. I get home and I probably slept all of four hours. I get home and there's Ikea furniture. And then Brian's like, hey man, we're we gonna work today? I'm like, no, we're not. I have to put together this Ikea furniture. I start putting it together. And then this one here's like, I'll do it. You want me to do it? I'll just do it. And I'm like, no, there's no way I'm gonna let my pregnant wife put together the Ikea furniture. And then all I told her was like, look, I'm stressed. I have a show to put on. I have no idea what that show is. There's a lot of moving parts. Can you just be nice? Can you just put up with me being grumpy? Nope, nope, I'm being mean to her. So no more IKEA furniture. Yes. <laughs> we, we both learned our lesson. Well, Evan, people have no, like, it's funny when when it's so offensive to me, and I'm not mad at them because they don't know, but sometimes after my show, somebody will say something like, I love your little skit. <laughs> that little skit you do? No, no, I don't. And I'm like, my little skit? I spent hours of my life. Do you
1: make it look so easy that I don't think people realize all the work it entails. To do what you do on stage because you make it look you make it look so simple so easy but it's not and
0: it's so funny how many messages i get dude after watching you i need to do stand-up because <laughs> we, we, we live the same life and i can do that and i'm like i've been doing this for. Well,
1: because you make it feel like you're just telling stories about our life people don't realize like it is such a craft it's a skill. yeah it's a craft to think in terms of like beats and punchlines and using just the right amount of words and certain words. Like, you are even changing out words.
0: Well, and, and this time, because I didn't have the order, we had to do cue cards. Yeah. So we had to build, make these cue cards. And then, so we, we ended up doing a show in San Antonio, kind of last minute, because it was like a sketch show. They were doing like a sketch show. And then I called the promoter and they were very nice to me and they let me get on stage. Which, by the way, there's this place called... Um, I think it's called The Well uh-huh. in San Antonio. It's huge, like it's massive, it's beautiful. And they, they're doing a comedy show in there. So I showed up and we're, we're gonna practice the cards, right? Well, Renee had written them in all black. And because of my dyslexia, I couldn't read them. I just- I, I It was just, like
1: black and blue and it was, and there were too many, we just, we did too many bullet points
0: per there was card. There too many per card. Yeah. And it was all black, and all the letters for me, because I'm dyslexic, like mush like together. It to
1: puzzle.
0: So I came home. I'm like, all right, look. Now we got to do the cards where there's only three lines on there, um, and then we had to do different colors to separate yeah. the the you know, because I couldn't read, and it made it hard for me. So even then, we have to like work around my. My learning disabilities.
1: Yeah, no, well, and then the day of the show, Rick was like, hey, we've got you a monitor. You want to do it on the monitor? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, no. We can't use a monitor. Like, we have cards that are color-coded and very specific. And I was just so nervous for you. I'm not dyslexic. I don't know what that's like. But I was so nervous for you about transitioning from the cue cards to the monitor well, and, the and day we, before the show. Right, and we had
0: that discussion, you know, with Terry and, and the whole cast, uh, the whole crew, but... We ended up doing the cards and having to do them in different colors, but you know that's why I think that the more I work with Rick, he starts to understand that, just tell me what you want me to say. I'll remember it, yeah. I got it. I won't, I'll be
1: like, let me put it
0: in my you phone. <laughs> I, I, it I it like, just times. tell me, or are you, even better, tell me the goal that we're trying to accomplish and I will find a way to say it. Yeah. You know, I yeah, will, yeah. I will, And then I'll say it three different ways for you. So that we can get what we need because we filmed a commercial.
1: We did the day of the special too. Yes, we ended we up have, doing some promos we have for partnered Aztec up. Autoplex. Yep,
0: we've been partnered up with Aztec Autoplex. Which is
1: very exciting. Chevy
0: dealer. Um, which was so exciting. Then they, they were like, Hey, you know, pick a car to drive. Hey we'll guys, so sorry to
1: interrupt. It's Aztec Chevy. It's the website yeah.
0: is Aztec Autoplex. Yeah, that's okay. why I said Aztec Chevy. Oh, right. We partnered up with Aztec Chevy. Right. So we partnered up with Aztec Chevy. Yeah. And their 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 website is AztecAdoplex.com. AztecAutoPlex.com For no. all your Chevy needs. But we're super excited. Thank you. Well no, so yeah. then they go they go, You can drive any car you want. As long as we're doing business together, you, what car do you want to drive?
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And I'm like, we we got to do the Camaro SS. <laughs> this thing is freaking awesome.
1: Screw two car seats, y'all. Trevino is like, we're getting the well, Camaro. Well, no. But
0: no, we already have the SUV. We already have an SUV. <laughs> I you know. have your Land Rover and then we have my truck.
1: Yes, we do. So, and then, look. It'll, it's our date night car. I didn't,
0: look. They were just like, you can drive the truck. I go, I don't want to... The car's not mine. I get to drive it. Yeah. I don't want to drive around a truck that I can't use. Oh. Like, there's oh, no you way. That
1: you like can't run into deer with? Is yeah, that I, can't,
0: I can't I <laughs> can't hit deer with it. I can't take it to the ranch. I can't dump bags of corn in the back. Like I so the Camaro, I'll take care of it, right? Yeah. We'll, I'll drive it. and it's beautiful. It's green. Oh, it's a gorgeous, like kind oh. of green color sparkle. So, dude, pretty you, hit the, you hit the gas and you go, Quaw! <laughs> Quaw! And it's freaking <laughs> awesome. And so they do. I just noticed it does have team mode. Like if you have a teen driver,
1: uh-huh.
0: so it won't go as fast. So you're gonna so push that button gonna for that me? For <laughs> I'm gonna put that Captain Evil mode so my wife doesn't die. Dude, she's an aggressive driver. Like when you drive with Renee, I'm like this. And the, I'm in the Land Rover, like oh, pull over. I'll drive. She's a maniac. So
1: but, I haven't driven it yet either. I'm excited to drive it.
0: I don't know if I'm gonna let you. <laughs> Um, but it was cool because um, at the taping, Aztec Chevy sent a bunch of uh, guys over, uh-huh. right, to the show, yeah. and I, I couldn't wait to meet them, and you know, Rick's back there, our, our partner here, and, and they get in there, and, I'm, and they're, from, they're from South Texas. They're from Beeville, right? Mm-hmm. They're my people.
1: Right, yeah. they are my
0: people, and as soon as I see them, man, I start breaking balls and I start saying things. And Rick's like, "Oh, Steve, uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's tone it down. These are uh, these are our sponsor, our partners." But they're, they're laughing. They have their wives oh, there. God. Like we're having a good time, and and you know, I always say, like, man, you, you want to party? You party with car salesmen. These guys go hard, you know. And then one of them, like one of the car salesmen, was like, oh, here's my koozie," and he has like his own. <laughs> Personal koozie uh-huh. and, and all the guys like, Oh, this dickhead has a koozie <laughs> And he's like, Do I sell cars or not? Do I sell cars or not? <laughs> so it was cool to have them there and then we ended up also filming a commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did
1: some um, promos for them.
0: That you got to do and then um we also were donated a nineteen seventy three uh Chevy Camaro mm-hmm. uh for helicopters for heroes. So we had that there. Um, and then we just wanted, and I, I'm, you know. Like, you, from
1: the beginning, when we were talking about putting this special on, you had a very specific idea of how you wanted to do it. You were like, this is not going to be like any of my other specials, and I really want it to be a unique experience for the viewer. And, I, and, and you also want, not only did you want it to be a unique experience for the people watching it, you wanted the people who were there live to feel like it was really special and unique for them.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong, every, every special I do. I write with with heart. Anytime, I mean, I can say a million funny things, but if it if the story that I'm telling doesn't have heart and it doesn't have emotion and it doesn't have sometimes a right and a wrong, you know, who's wrong in that story? Is it Steve, is it Renee? It has to have all that, it's a formula that I know when I'm telling that story, it has to be special and it yeah. has to be real and it has to be something that, that that touches people. At least that's what I try to do, right? So, and over the years, it's gotten more personal and more real and, you know, after Relatable, I was like, oh man, I need to give Renee more of a voice. So when I did Till Death, you had more of a voice. You know? There was a giant
1: painting on the stage.
0: Right, (laughs) But but when we did Relatable, I always wanted to make sure that it was family, you know, that people got to meet my real family. Um, You know, when we did Rancho Grande at the end with Roger Kreger and and everybody came up and and danced. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted people to meet my family and to see my family, right? So then when Till Death came around, you know, we brought you on stage and it was, hey, here's my beautiful wife, the Captain Evil herself. And it's just, it has continued to progress and, and this special is more than special because we get really personal and really open, and for the first time, I wrote a show, and we'll see if it works. But I wrote a show that is not full of laughs. You know, my goal when I film a special is, it's laugh, 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 so yeah. that you're you're overwhelmed with laughter, and then you go, God, that's the funniest special I've ever seen. At yeah. least that's my goal, right? Um, but this one. I go, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to to get even more personal and more real and more honest yeah. and to even take a moment to settle in, right? And then... To- oh, but the people in the audience loved it. The people yeah. who
1: were there loved it.
0: And, you know, to be able to bring in the characters that we've all been talking about lately and, and have grown to love, right? Like. Um, Miss Dora.
1: Yeah, right. your mom came on stage for that. Oh my God. We did, so people know there's, it's like 40 minutes of stand-up. Yes, mom, mom came with us. Mom, come say hi real
0: quick. Very quickly. This is my beautiful mother, Miss Dora. Where are you at, Miss Dora? Come over here. She's over <laughs> there going, no. <laughs> Just say hi. Come over here. Just say hello. Look into that camera right there. Hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Miss Dora is the only one that has a a look at her look at her mask uh, accessory
1: necklace. Her I love mask you, mom. Necklace. Love you.
0: You look beautiful. Thank uh, you. Hey, real quick, this is our original sponsor. What? Where are your eyelashes? What's it called?
1: Foxy
0: now, lady now. Foxy lady eyes by Dora. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: you,
0: mom. I love you. <laughs> That's Miss Dora, but. We wanted to, but you know, right now you get to say hi to Miss Dora very quickly. But we wanted her on stage, and and she stole the show.
1: Oh my God! She was afterwards, after at the end when we wrapped, the crew was like, "Oh my God, Dora was so yeah. funny! She was so good! Your mama was gold!" She and was then gold.
0: you know, we 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 invited Poyito. Yes. And and Poyito, yeah. Poyito comes out, and, and I, I you know I he's so funny. I almost wish that we would have at least try to get something.
1: Oh right no, there. but he was great. He like, he insisted on taking his mask off for just a quick minute and like doing a little mustache rub. So oh, everyone like, could see his stash. His little pencil mustache, <laughs> it was
0: awesome. It was so good,
1: yeah. And, and
0: then, we, you know, we, we get all the time like, oh my God, we could be best friends, right? We get that all the time where yes. people, yeah. people send us a message and go, God, we want to hang out with you guys. And, uh-huh. and you know, I wonder what it's like to, to be friends with Steve and Captain Evil. So we invited.
1: Our neighbors, our neighbors from our old neighborhood, Phil and Tatiana, um, who both actually happened to be military, ex-military, they're both retired Marines. And, and which it was is just like a cool-
0: And it's funny because they did fantastic. They really did a great job. And, and cause our idea was, what is it? I, I wonder what it's like to live next door to us. Yeah. Right? And they got interviewed by Brian. We had no idea. What they were gonna say. Yeah. You know, and I told them, I'm like, don't hold back, right? Uh-huh. But it's so funny because those cameras turn on and all of a sudden, like, they change. <laughs> like, people change <laughs> when cameras go on. They definitely were not, you know, the, the Phil and Tatiana that, that when we're in the backyard having drinks and yeah. talking shit. Well, it's you know. nerve
1: wracking, baby. If you've never done I mean, you asked our neighbors to, like, everyday normal people to come on a stage and there are chairs, 150 chairs sitting in front of them, people staring at them and you've handed them microphones and there's lights and cameras and you're like, okay, be natural. Well,
0: no, but I also also think that, you know, as human beings, and, and I think that part of the reason that I am successful doing what I do is, I'm the same all the time. Yeah. Right? But I think that most people, they have their, their work persona. Yes,
1: but there's also you know? something about you that is a level I don't give a fuck like no other I've ever seen before. Because like, I don't
0: give a fuck. I know, exactly. And because I'm me, yeah. and I am genuine, and I am... But even you, like we get on this podcast and all of a sudden it's, what? Uh, oh my God, you know?
1: Just I always, because I'm nicer to you on the podcast. Oh my God! Yes, I, I wish we could
0: have cameras follow us around. Period. Just all the time. Terry, can you just live with us in the back seat so that she? Can like, always, Hell no! I'm the, I'm the, the side side. Side. Right, So she can always just be nicer. And she, and by the way, you're not even. Oh, and then, and then uh, we also wanted to take um, you know involve the audience into it. So. Yes. Oh, and then oh my God! I, I'm saying Miss Doris stole the show. She did not. Garrett stole the show. Oh
1: uh, yeah, yeah. So so, I don't think um, I don't know if everyone realized this, but what we did was obviously Garrett has a bedtime, and we were filming till like what 1 a.m. So Garrett went on stage after your set in the first show only. And then we did the podcast because that was its own monster. Well, and, after the second show, we taped it.
0: And here's a little bit about how the sausage is made. For those of you that don't know, we, you know, every special I do, we record two shows, two separate audiences, and then we end up in the edit room combining the two shows.
1: But, but to give you credit, you are such what? a pro
0: that what? <laughs> What's happening right now? Am I getting credit for something? <laughs> no. Holy shit! See, I love the podcast. I love it.
1: No, to give you credit, you are such a pro that for most of your specials, I'm not sure about the first one because I wasn't in on that process. But for Relatable Until Death, we really worked off of one show, one and set. it was just like little snippets no things, from yeah. the other, very little, or great audience reactions, like in um, Until Death, a peacock went off outside and you like spontaneously in the moment responded to it and it was hilarious but that
0: was in first show that was in the
1: first show so we just took that little piece from the first show really didn't have anything to do with your performance but we just loved it took it from the first show and put it in the second show
0: so and then a lot of times you know if you really pay attention as an audience member when you watch specials you will see that the if you're paying attention to the audience they'll change so one of the funniest things that ever happened to me one of, man, I started comedy with this guy. He's one of my best friends. I miss him. We haven't seen each other in a long time. Joe Fox. So oh. Joe Fox and I started, by the way, look him up. Fantastic comedian. Joe Fox and I started comedy together in Dallas. And our, our mutual friend, who you know too, Marvin, had got us, a, uh, uh, we were, uh, one of my first TV appearances was BET Comic View. Because back in the day, BET Comic View was a big thing. And, and I told Marvin, I go, I got to do it with, with Joe. Right? So, you know, we were all homies. And then, so me and Joe Fox are doing it, and we couldn't wait to see our episode. <laughs> and then, Joe Fox is performing, they cut to an audience shot, and Joe Fox is in the audience. <laughs> like, Joe's laughing at himself. <laughs> and me and Joe were like, oh my God, man. Like, they use your shot, <laughs> So you know, just so people understand how it works. So, yeah. The biggest dilemma was for us is we wanted Garrett to perform. Yeah. And we wanted. Oh, by the way, this tuxedo. A little tuxedo. Yeah. Yes. He got a little tuxedo. His little tuxedo.
1: And that is all him, y'all. He picked that out, and he like puts it on, and he just has a little swagger uh, when he wears it. That's so he
0: performed first show.
1: Uh huh.
0: And then after that, we do the podcast. Is what they'll see, yes. But they don't realize that it was. You know, you guys will know that. We had to turn the over central. the
1: room, clear out all that audience, get right. a whole new audience in, reset. So, chairs. but
0: that's the thing about this special. When you get it, you don't have to watch the podcast as well. If you want to just watch the stand-up, that's what we're starting with. That's yes. what we're opening with. It'll end with Garrett on stage and me and you.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, which, by the way. I, you know, we've really turned this into a, a family affair, what I do. You know, you're yeah. involved now much, much more. Um, you really didn't get to produce this one.
1: I was gonna say, this time was interesting for me. I was involved much more in that I was in front of the camera much more this go around. But from the the crew side of things, I was I was not. I think, you know, we just decided I'm pregnant and that's a uh, heavy load this go around as it is. So I was not as involved in the production side this go round.
0: You weren't involved with anything but your hair, your makeup, and <laughs> that's what Renee was involved in. She wasn't involved with anything else. Um, and then you I know will we. Say,
1: sorry to jump in. I will say, Renee, you gave us the best production tip when we were framed, see him up. You're like, yeah, just put it right under his tit.
0: <laughs> Renee said, put it under his. T-. Wow, babe, thanks. <laughs> well, and then and then just so you know, Rick. I have a real issue and, and who knows where it comes from but I have an issue of like secrets. I don't like people talking behind my back right and it, it bothers me so several times Friday you and Rick and Brian were having these little whisper sessions <laughs> and I get really insecure or even
1: And, and I think, I think it had probably been building because even during the week, Brian and I were talking about stuff too because I know you're not concerned about the podcast. Your main priority was your stand-up set. But obviously, I am not as seasoned as you are. And so I did want to work through things with writer Brian before we filmed that podcast. So I would talk to him privately just because I felt like it didn't need to be well, one more thing on your plate.
0: And it's hard because sometimes creatively, I've already envisioned what... It's gonna look like I've already put in my head this is what it's looked like right yeah and then we've got Rick luckily for me and Rick uh, and now even Terry we all kind of know the brand so I can trust everybody yeah right and then here I'm going okay we're all on the same page and everybody's on board kind of with the vision and then you and Brian and Rick are over there and I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, what's
1: happening? I think that was hard for Steve this go-round too is even creatively and production-wise, you were not as hands-on this go-round either because you needed to be so focused on your set. That was your priority. And so I think there was a little bit of anxiety on your part too about not being so in the know on every production
0: detail. Of what was happening.
1: Yeah, because we were both removed. Right. Yeah.
0: Which, by the way, like... For me, I've never, because usually I walk into a show taping. Well, when I did Showtime, very nervous. It right? was your first one. First one. You
1: were baby. And then
0: now, now it's so easy for me. And now I, I'm like, okay, I got the material. I'm having fun, right? Yeah. And, and I always really try to make an effort to make the crew know that I'm aware that without them, there's no me. So day of, usually I try to walk around and say hello, and I try to make sure that I'm acknowledging everybody that's working, yeah. whether it's the guy cleaning up, the sound guys. I, I really wanna make sure that I, I stop and just take a moment with everybody, because I'm so appreciative. And I know it's their job, and I know that they're there to work, but yeah. man, I, you know, and, and this time I felt panicked and oh, I'm freaking out about the set, and I still wanna make sure I say hi and acknowledge everybody. Yeah. You know, without, cause I never, <laughs> I never wanna be that guy. Yeah. You know, I remember working on things where, you know, the talent was such a piece of shit and so unappreciative. And and even if they were appreciative, they didn't seem appreciative, you know? And to me, I, you know, I wanted to make sure to say thank you and say, guys, thank you. And you're doing a wonderful job. And yeah. the poor sound kid who was, fantastic and and dan dan yeah. you know the kid's working hard and i could see on his face that oh shit moment when the sound went out right and he's looking no. at me like are you gonna yell at me <laughs> like <laughs> is, is, is this the part where you lose your shit know.
1: <laughs> no you reserve that for your wife <laughs> i do
0: I, 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 hey small price to pay for a land rover small <laughs> price to pay.
1: And a Chevy Camaro
0: too. And a Chevy Camaro from from Aztec Chevrolet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, uh, but I do. But look, that I'm glad you brought that up. That's part of marriage, right? People don't know that. People, people don't realize that when you're partners and when you're teammates, that's the sacrifices that you have to make. Yeah. You know, you're definitely. A lot nicer in front of other people. <laughs> when it's just when it's just no, me but you, and you. Uh, with
1: every special, we've gotten better. Like the intensity in in the mar- the marriage intensity, the behind the scenes private intensity. I think it's gotten a little less with every special, just because I've come to know your quirks. And well, also Renee needed to learn how to
0: be a boss. Like when we did relatable, like people were coming up to me going, "What is her fucking problem? <laughs> She's losing her mind." Cause you were like, hur, hur, ah, oh, and this has to happen. And why aren't you doing this? And why
1: aren't you doing that? And oh my god! And,
0: and then my sister's like, "What's what's going on? I just want to sit down and watch the show." Renee's freaking out. You know. And then the the funny part about that is people. People. But wanna, also, in my
1: defense, on relatable, I was working seven people's jobs because we just didn't in her defense we didn't have yes we, always in her defense it was a different it, it, it also has gotten progressively easier as Well, but, but, more but of it's board. also funny
0: how people treat me so when we filmed Relatable all the producers were like he needs his time he needs yes. his time to relax in the green room and they people, were so concerned about you oh, like no, nonstop no Steve Steve and needs, and yeah. dude, I'm like I don't need time Maybe somebody else does. I want to fix the set. I want to finish fixing the set. I want to- Yeah, they're like, Steve, please
1: stop building the set and go sit in your green room for like 10 minutes. And, and then like, they're like, oh no,
0: Steve can't have <laughs> guests in his green room. He needs downtime. I'm like, hell no. I want my family back here. I want my friends back here. We're all going to do a shot. We're like, yeah. and then they're like, well, but you have to perform. And I'm like, I that's that's the easy part. And, and I, I don't want to be alone by myself. Yeah, you know what's happening in my head by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I need distractions. You, know? you
1: do. You need distractions. And I, I like you to walk around. I like to say hi.
0: I like, and I like to have fun, and I want to share what has happened to me with my friends and family. You know, when when I have friends and family hanging out at the studios at Fisher, which is VIP. It feels so badass. Facility. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I want my friends and family that that work everyday jobs to come and experience what I get to experience almost every day. You know, which by the way, it's always their drunkest. <laughs> like when, right? Like people people get around free booze and the free food backstage and the excitement of a shoot and they're. Yeah. They're just a freaking mess. Yeah, no, but for
1: this show, because it's COVID and coronavirus and all the different regulations, we couldn't have booze at this. That was another thing that was different about this go-round. There was no booze.
0: Yeah, and I'm funnier when you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm
0: definitely funny. You're funnier,
1: when I was, no, no, you're funnier when I'm drunk, too. Yes.
0: And you haven't been drunk in a while, so you've been a real I asshole. I
1: know.
0: Um, I'm going to catch shit for that. <laughs> I, I, I said I'm like Oh my god Steve called his wife An asshole Did you hear him
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I Only I can call you that Yeah I know
1: <laughs> We weren't talking About that dude Like
0: anytime She shits on me the, All the fans are like Hell yeah Get him yeah. Yeah. If I get a good one They're like Steve be nice yeah. Oh my god <laughs> Which by the way That was another Weird feeling Is that That people root so hard for you
1: Uh to nail me Uh
0: that they lose it (laughs) so several times in the podcast dude you like freaking uppercut combination knock steve out and the audience Was just it, it really felt like a shit a on Steve Fest? I a lot of them, but when I do, I get. It really good. felt like a shit on Steve Fest. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Phil and Tatiana were like, "He's this and he's that." And like, I'm like, "All right." It's just, it's just. And then your dad at the end—that's oh, my dad. I'm not gonna say what he said because I want you to spend money on us, but, but dude. Daddy Raymond at the end, which, by the way, he gets on stage, and well, he, he he's higher not, than giraffe pussy. You know, he did not know he was going to get on stage. He's the
1: plan was camera was just going to cut to them while they were in their seats, but you spontaneously in the moment were like, we got to get Daddy Raymond up here. We had
0: to because I'm, so my mom, Miss Dora's here, your mom's here, and Daddy Raymond's here, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Your mom, she's the evil one.
1: What do you mean? She was
0: laughing so hard and like hitting your dad and your dad was just like kind of fun. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we gotta get him on stage, oh, yeah. right? Cause your mom was having so much fun, yes. you know, enjoying the show.
1: Well, cause there was like a cringe worthy joke for me too. There were a couple of jokes and now I'm not gonna remember, but there were a couple of jokes in the set where I was like, Ooh, this one might be hard on my parents. Ooh, that one might be hard to hear. Like
0: <laughs> Really? It was, it was yeah. clean.
1: It was no. There was one where you like dropped the f bomb a couple of times in the second set. Twice. No. They're question. used to
0: they're used to my f bomb num count at like fifteen and twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so two, they're fine. Like we're good. But we did try to keep it a little because because of the the tone of the content. I didn't want to drop a bunch of f bombs because when we get to the tone of the content, I I wanted it to really be important. Yeah. So, you know, we go through the set, it comes to a a kind of a a climax, and then I bring it down, and we get serious, and then we bring it back up to another climax. You know, Um, so I didn't want to drop too many F-bombs. You know, but it's it's frustrating, and you know, we had um, Alex Whedon, at our show yes so alex whedon is the lead guitarist for miranda lambert mm-hmm. and i was through sean Simler we've now known um alex whedon for gosh forever it seems yeah because right?
1: we met him when we lived in california and anytime they were like out in l.a on the road so
0: that's what i was gonna say is that that alex so anyway Coincidentally, this is so
1: loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> um, it's like so loud and obvious. Here, now. You know, a little bit, just a little
0: bit. Thank God you. We stopped and got you water. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Thank um, God. So, uh, by the way, right? Hey, you're oh, like,
1: at the show, did you know this? I don't know if you even saw yeah, this. Yeah, somebody kept handing
0: you water. <laughs>
1: In the audience, as we were walking off stage, a lady <laughs> handed me a giant jug yeah, of water that she brought me.
0: Which, by the way, you were like, well, I want my own bottle of water so I don't stop the show. We just stopped the show <laughs> for your point. But
1: I mean, we don't have to say cut, go to the water fountain, fill up your cup.
0: So, what were we talking about? I don't know. You got me completely... We,
1: we stopped the show with the water. Yes. You
0: see? You screwed up the show anyway. <laughs> and somehow it's my fault. Um, you know what we're going to do? Hold on. We're going to have to separate this into two different episodes. All right? Because we're going too long. Captain Evil won't shut up.
1: Me? You're the one who won't stop talking.
0: I was trying to get some stuff out of you. Anyway, watch both episodes. Thank you so much.
1: Please like it and share it. And make sure you watch next week, too.
0: Yes. But she said